interesting I like the boring things I appreciate the little things I look for the special things I Hello and welcome to Faithful Mindfulness. I'm Dr. Justin Meyer, a trauma-informed, board-certified therapist, Anglican bishop, seminary professor, and life coach. My life's goal and the goal of this podcast is to help people become everything that God created them to be by helping people overcome trauma and heal from whatever trauma, whether past trauma or daily trauma they have in their lives, so that they can hear clearly from God and embrace the abundant life that Jesus said he came to bring them. We do this through podcasts that focus on devotion, gratitude, healing mindfulness exercises, and prayer. Well, I am excited for today. I have Tara Nika Washington with me from the Chicagoland area, and she has an interesting and amazing ministry where the ideas of mental health, physical health, and faith intersect. And so, Tara Nika, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much, uh, Justin, for having me today. I just wanted to say that to you. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, Yes, I am a somatic leadership coach. I help business leaders from stay-at-home moms to um, move forward in their lives, create flow in their lives, and get past the barriers that, that they may be going through. I'm also a movement teacher over at DePaul University. And so I just moved to Chicago, so that's going to be starting in late March. Super excited about that opportunity. And I am currently on a quest to help pastors with stress and anxiety relief. Okay, so this issue of stress and anxiety, which is definitely prevalent to pastors, and as you have had history with, definitely business leaders, But really, stress and anxiety plagues everyone, right? From time to time, at least, if not frequently. So let's talk a little bit about how you help people deal with stress and anxiety. So if I was dealing with stress and anxiety and came to you, what would that look like? We would sit down for a bit and have a conversation about what it is that you're going through, what exactly is happening that you believe that is causing the stress and anxiety. And then I would go through a process to see what that feels like and sense what that feels like in your body. So we would talk about um, feelings, what you're feeling thought-wise, mentally, and then what that, how that translates and intersects with what's happening in the body. So, for example, that could be the feeling tension in the stomach as if the stomach is turning or if you're just sort of can't sit down all over the place. Anxiety tends to cause that as well. Moving around a lot, not able to focus as well. And what's actually causing that that situation where you can't actually sit and listen. Okay. so let me ask you, recently, I have not been able to stay still while I sleep. So even if I take a sleep aid, in fact, if I take a sleep aid, I'm even more active in the night. So what what might you do about that? I would go through a series of exercises that you would do before you go to sleep. So even uh, the idea of saying that you were taking a sleep aid that is causing more activity, 
tells me right away, your body's alert system is telling you, hello, we need to move. We need to do something with our body. Maybe the mind is able to rest. Maybe, maybe not. But the body, the actual physical body is the thing that needs to exert some energy, exert some flow of some sort, whatever that may be. So it would be easy movement stretches stretches that you would do, whether you're sitting in a chair or already in bed. And we would start there and see what would happen. Okay, very, very good. So what does your work look like with professionals? Let's say you've worked with some corporations before. Let's say you go into a corporate setting and speak to a group of people. What does that presentation kind of look like? My presentations are not presentations. They're actually uh, interactive experiences. So whenever I'm in a room filled with people, we're, we're moving. I have never been able to be that lecturer or that presenter that stands in front of an audience and delivers their information. We're moving from the beginning to the end. I incorporate movement in it because it's a big part of getting the whole picture and getting the whole experience of what we're doing. For the professional development courses that I teach in business. We come into the room. Usually it's a room that has space. I ask for space, not chairs, not desks, not anything like that, but space for people to move around. I invite business managers to take off their shoes if they want to. And for the most part, they do, which is very interesting. And they're in full suits and whatnot, but they'll take off their shoes. We go into um, a stretch and meditative part of the process and we really start to get the body moving as well. Depending on what I am focusing on for that professional development day, um, usually it can be something along the line of soft skills. That's what uh, they usually require for me to teach. And I can tell you about the one that I taught for Coca-Cola. That was one where we were igniting some creativity within the business They were working on changing their logo, changing their philosophy for Coca-Cola because they had been keeping the same one for 100 years. So the idea was to get them back to play, get them back to three, four, five years old. And so that looked like, yes, taking off your shoes, running around the room. I bought, brought balloons with me. I brought markers with me. I had people on the floor in suits with big pieces of white paper drawing pictures. It was quite a sight to see. Then we would take, we took all of their quotes, I pulled all of their quotes from their Coca-Cola's website, and we actually found ways to create movement based on their quotes. So they had to present at the end of the workshop a type of movement that would communicate the words of their quotes. If you can't put it in your body, then you're just working with only one aspect of the three-dimensional human, which is the mental part of it for our mental wellness, the spiritual part of it for our spiritual wellness, and the physical part of it for physical wellness. Very good. Very good. So you are really in tune to getting people in tune with how their body works. How did that come about with you? Tell us some of your history of your interaction and connectivity to the body. Oh my goodness. So that started when I was four years old and my mother and my father had a conversation. They were like, well, is she going to dance or is she going to play the piano? My father wanted me to play the piano, but my my mother was like, no, she's going to (laughs) dance. At four, they put me in uh, ballet and tap classes. And then uh, moving on from there, I danced all of my life. 
And uh, let's see. And then I got hurt in high school. So I couldn't go on to dance in New York. That was my plan to dance for some famous company. But I got hurt, had ACL reconstructive surgery on, on my knees. And I went into um, radio TV broadcasting. So I stayed in the lights, camera, and action type of thing. And I worked with radio, TV for a while, but dance was always calling me. So I went back and got a degree, a Master of Fine Arts in Choreography, and a Master of Arts in Curriculum and Instruction. And I started teaching dance in the high school and then eventually in uh, dance conservatories. And, and I also teach actors as well. Mm-hmm. So movement was all a part of it, but it still wasn't enough. <laughs> it's like, how many letters does one person need behind their name? <laughs> and it's never mind the letters, it was the education and, and learning that was driving me. But I went for a post-grad certificate in Laban Bartinius Movement Analysis, and that's analyzing human movement and behavior. So that's what I did. And, Mostly the, the human movement aspect of it. And you kind of analyze why people do things that they do because, or you can, you can figure that out based on the movements that they're living out, correct? Yes. So I watch and observe what the person is doing from the moment that we start through the consultation. That's what's actually happening. But if I was to reveal that right away, there'd be a put on of sorts. Mm-hmm. So as we're talking, I'm already um, analyzing, seeing what is happening, how the person is moving, how they're sitting, where they're placing their weight, how they're using their hands, their eyes, their neck, their shoulders, all of that, because all of movement matters and all movement has meaning behind it. There's a reason why we do certain things. Then I can start to formulate a guide of sorts. And I don't profess to know all the answers, but I have come up with a lot of creative ways to figure out what the core of the the situation is. And so we try all of these different things. We go on a journey of exploration and we try all of these different things to see what works. And getting back to the question that you asked me earlier, yes, so I would create a um, movement program for you right before you go to sleep. And I would get back with you and get feedback from you to see if certain movements or certain things were working. If not, we'd tweak them a bit to find the one that works specifically for you. Because each person is different and your past experiences play a huge role in the way you move and interact with the world. Very good, very good. So let's talk about kind of this idea of physical, mental, and spiritual health. So you see them intersecting, yet today there still is is a view that mental health is a bit taboo. If I was to, to put you in a room with some people and say, why do you think mental health is important and getting help with mental health is important? What, what would you say to people? I think I would start a bit with talking about how we feel about mental health. Mm-hmm. Basically what you just explained, there has been this whole thing put out in the open that states that mental health is a no-no, that, you know, deeming it quote unquote crazy if you need to go see someone. And I would challenge people to think in a different way, not to go into the room looking at the things that don't work, but go into the room and thinking of the similarities. We all have come up with 
some grow up with some type of trauma, so to speak. There is something that has happened to each and every one of us. Why? If I'm in a room filled with believers or somewhat faith leaders, um, because it's a fallen world, right? So we know that this already exists. There's only, you know, the one perfect one. And so that's not possible for us here. And we have to be able to navigate while we're still here on earth. There are things that we deal with that we have to get help for. We don't know all the answers. Humans are programmed to spend time with other humans, not to be solo artists, in a sense. So I hope I'm making sense. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, and with that intro, I would then go into, and this is why you, it's necessary, you know, if you're feeling a certain type of way to talk to people about it and perhaps consider a professional that deals with these matters that can help you navigate and maneuver through the world that we live in today, because it's not easy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we also have to be honest, you know, you, you've gone through some deconstruction as I have when it comes to our faith. We recognize that religious situations at times can be very toxic. Absolutely. And so I, we, I think you and I would agree that if you have experienced some toxic religion, or maybe you've even been a person who's perpetuated some toxic religion like I have in the past, that it's critical to partner with people who can help you on that journey so you can be healed and so you can help other people heal, right? Yes. Healers need healers too. And you know, the other thing too, is it's okay to love Jesus and to have a therapist. Absolutely. Yeah. i I have really tried in the past to try to pray depression away and it has never worked, but actually talking to someone and learning some coping skills and learning some ways to stimulate my hippocampus so I can get some serotonin or dopamine flowing uh, to, to overcome those things has actually been really helpful. So yes, I agree. You can love Jesus and have a therapist too. So, yeah. <laughs> so very, very good. Well, I really appreciate your time joining us today. If people want to find out more about you or find out about what you do with people, where can they go to connect with you? They can connect with me um, through my website, somaticsoulfood.com. My Email address is my first name, Taranika, T-O-R-A-N-I-K-A at somaticsoulfood.com. I can be found on LinkedIn as well as Instagram, and that is Somatic Soul Food. <laughs> I thank you so much, Justin, for uh, inviting me to be a part of the show. It's really a pleasure. Well, you're absolutely welcome, and I really appreciate it. So thank you so much, and uh, I can't wait to see. I hopefully will have you on again in the future as our ministries and our relationships grow. And I can't wait to see what God's going to do with us. Thank you so much. Me neither. It's really exciting.
So take a deep breath with me in through your nose and out through your mouth. And let's take out our journals, our smartphones, or our tablets, and let's write down three things that we are thankful for today. Remembering that as we participate in gratitude daily, it changes the chemistry in our brains, helps heal neural pathways, and helps us engage life in a more positive posture. So what are you thankful for today? I am thankful for time with my wife, just some one-on-one time that we're going to be spending together. I'm thankful for just a few of my patients this past week who have made some really large strides in cultivating healthy relationships and understanding gratitude and really just engaging in their own mental health well-being. And I am thankful for some connections with some pastors in the Bahamas. People that I would have not known, but now I get to. And their friendship means a lot. And being able to connect and minister to them means a lot. So, what are you thankful for today? Make sure you write those three things down and feel the gratitude within you as you give thanks to a good and loving God who gives us everything that is good in our lives. And take a deep breath in through your nose, out through your mouth. And we would ask that if you are operating a motorized vehicle at this time, that you please pull over to the side of the road or that you pause the podcast and wait till you get home to participate in this healing mindfulness exercise in a place that will be safe, calm, and relaxing. And take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. In through your nose and out through your mouth. And even now, begin to relax. Allow your body to adjust where you can get to a place where you feel more comfortable. Calm and relaxed, deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper in to relax. And now I want you to picture in your mind the person who has brought you a lot of joy this past week or the person who has brought you some happiness this past week. I want you to think of that person and see them in your mind. I want you to think about and remember the way they made you laugh or the way they helped you experience happiness and joy. I want you to try to re-feel and connect with that joy and that happiness internally. What does happiness feel like to you? What does joy feel like to you? Take a deep breath with me in through your nose, out through your mouth. And allow that feeling to pass over 
and consume all of you. Allow that feeling to radiate from your mind and your heart throughout your entire body. Taking another deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. Now I want you to think of one way that you would be able to bring joy or happiness to someone today or this week. What's one thing you could do out of love or out of compassion or out of kindness that might bring someone joy and happiness either today or this week? And what does it feel like in your body right now when you focus on the idea of bringing someone joy and happiness. Gracious and Heavenly Father, we thank you for all things in the world that are good. And we thank you for choosing us, Lord, for making us agents of change, people who can bring hope, help, and healing without judgment to the world. Gracious God, empower us and use us to be agents of love and to share our understanding and our experience with you, the divine. Lord, guide us and direct us this week into knowing you more, into knowing how to be like Jesus more, and into engaging in the world in ways, whether small or large, that it will make a difference. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us today for Faithful Mindfulness. And thank you to Lily Meyer, who has provided our intro and outro music. And thank you to my good friend, Pastor Sean Steele, for the production of this episode and all of his work that he puts in. I hope that today's episode sparked your interest, and I hope that you connect to our guests and see what it is they actually do, and maybe broaden your horizons more as we see the ideas of mental health and faith intersect. Well, we thank you for listening to us, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor, and we would appreciate a positive review or a like wherever you can. And also, we want to encourage you to connect with us online at www.faithfulmindfulness.com and also connect with us on Facebook, on Twitter, or on Instagram. We hope that you have a wonderful and blessed day. And look forward look to talking for to you special tomorrow. things oh I oh I appreciate